Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert. And, Governor, uh, the big topic of the day is the big announcement this morning that you made with legislative leaders about repealing tax reform. Explain for our listeners exactly why. I mean, we know that there's the referendum and how many signatures that it received. But what's the bottom line here? Why go back to the drawing board? Well, because we want to get something that the people embrace and support. And although there's been a good faith effort by the legislature to tackle a very complex and tough issue, uh, we obviously weren't to where we needed to be. And I think that's evidenced by the petition and the referendum and people signing and the complaints that were there. Uh, Some of us misunderstanding, but uh, nevertheless, if you're explaining, you're losing. And so as we talked yesterday with the leadership of the House and the Senate, I think we all came to the same conclusion that the best course of action really is to start over. And so let's repeal it. We don't want to have a protracted argument about this issue for the next 10 months. That would be very divisive. Uh, Who knows how it would have turned out, but uh, it probably was not, uh, at least in my mind, a a needful thing to do. Better for us, and I think more wise, is to go back to the drawing board, get back to square one, Talk about the need to have some tax modernization, tax reform with the ever-changing economy that we've seen over these last, this last decade and say what is the best, more fair, equitable tax policy which will do what we need to do in raising revenue to run government. Even as efficient as we are, there's still costs and there are increasing costs. So we have population growth, et cetera, uh, that the people can feel good about. And so that's why we decided, hey, you know what, let's just repeal it. And uh, we've agreed to do that. They'll introduce it Monday, uh, and we'll have it uh, voted upon, passed, and should be on my desk by the end of the week. That gives us a chance to kind of restart the discussion because the need for tax reform, the need for tax modernization is not going to go away. There are some structural imbalance problems. There's concerns about uh, how we fund our roads correctly, and uh, that's a uh, you know, talked about all the time, and one wants to say, oh, but we're going to have to raise, raise the gasoline tax. Well, how are you going to fund roads then? And if our general fund is not keeping up with the demands, education fund is keeping up with the demands, but general fund money, sales tax is not, what do we do? And so 
I'm curious to hear from the other people running for governor because they've been critical about this process and and uh, see what their suggestions are. And I hope that they come up with specifics, not just, well, we need to sit down and talk to the people. Uh, come up with your your pro, uh, proposals, just like the legislature has done after talking to the people and listening. They came up with one, but unfortunately it wasn't embraced by the public. So it's, I think, prudent for us to start over and, and see where we can go from here. So, again, I, I applaud the legislature for their efforts. They've made a, a good faith effort. We're not where we need to be, so it is proper that we start over. For you personally, is this a setback? This is your final legislative session. Uh, is this something that you had hoped you, you would accomplish during your term? No, not at all. Uh, we This is the process, and I applaud the process. I'm, you know, the people got involved. That's great. Grassroots in action. And, and you know, good work on the part of those saying we're the checks and balance. We don't like what we've heard. We don't believe it. We don't like it. And we're going to weigh in on it. And the, the, they've made their voices heard. That's good news. That's great for Utah. And as I look back at our 10 years where the Kim Gardner Institute has said, uh, Natalie Gogner has mentioned this many times, the best 10 years in Utah's history economically has been the past 10 years that I've been governor. So I, you know, I feel good about what we've been able to accomplish. We have the largest middle class, uh, American dream, upward mobility is best in Utah of any place in America. We've, uh, addressed very significantly efficiency in government by improving efficiency by 25% plus. We have fewer state employees today than we had in the last 19 years. So an efficiency, a good policy, empowering the private sector, economic growth, unemployment rate at 2.4%, which is, ties the record of all time, but I believe will actually beat the record. And so stay tuned and see what happens on that one in the next couple of days. But we're in a very, very good place as a right. state. These are important points, Governor, because that's not the case when you came into office. Can no. you kind of compare what it was like then compared to what it is now? Well, there's always the ups and downs of the market, and, and so I, I think we all build upon the foundation of those that went before. Yeah, but this past 10 years has been remarkable, and uh, and I hope the people build on the foundation that I've left. Whoever the next governor he or she may be, we've left you in a very good place. I came in at the depths of the Great Recession, unemployment rate uh, getting up to 8%. Now we're down to 2.4, tying the all-time record, and I believe it's going to go lower than that, which will mean the new record. Uh, we have the lowest tax obligation. No, nobody's talked much about this. The lowest tax obligation, according to the Utah Foundation, a nonpartisan think tank, the lowest tax obligation that we've had in 27 years. So the taxpayers of Utah have been very well served by this same legislature, which is talking about trying to look around the bend here and say, we've got some troubled waters potentially coming up. Let's be proactive. Let's see if we can address it now rather than wait till we're in a crisis mode. So there ought to be a round of applause for a legislature that's got some uh, backbone and some foresight and saying, you know, we can do things better. Now, our economists, people who are experts in tax policy, have been warning us about this for the last 15, 16 years. And finally, we're kind of coming to the point where you can't kick that can down the road anymore. Right. You need to fix that imbalance between the income tax and the sales tax. Um, explain for us what you think went wrong when it came to this whole process and what you see as needs to happen moving forward. Well, hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's very easy to sit on the sidelines and say, well, we should have done this better. But as we now are to a new chapter in this effort, uh, you know, the process probably could have been better. Uh, 
and uh, whether we'd have wanted to come to another session, which is what kind of people advocated for, but that would have uh, caused some concerns and a cloud over this upcoming session and what we do there and how that would have come out. That could have uh, sucked all the oxygen out of the room for the next 45 days. So that was the, re- the, the, the point of the legislature saying we can't wait. We've got to do it now. We've got the information. We know what, what the public likes, what they don't like. And they thought we had something that would be kind of the proverbial win-win. And doing the right thing, which is what they were trying to do, is not always the popular thing. You know, that's why we don't have a democracy, a pure democracy. We have a democratic republic where we, uh, uh, you know, hire people and elect them to office to go out and do the deep dive thinking, the correct analysis and say, okay, this is good policy, uh, as opposed to the emotion that comes with the democracy. And uh, so, again, I applaud all those who've been involved in this. This shows Utah's alive and well. We're in a very good place as a state. Uh, this was an attempt to continue us on that right pathway, and I think the the grassroots efforts will ensure that we will be thoughtful and methodical and that we will continue to excel as a state leading this nation so, as the gold standard. Despite all the controversy around the food tax, you still think that what the lawmakers had put in place was the right path, the right... It, it was... Uh, it was steps in the right direction. You know, it certainly wasn't perfect. It was not what I envisioned when we talked about it in the beginning of broadening the base and lowering the rate. I was concerned about the shifting from product and consumption of product to consumption of services, which is what the market has shifted to in a dramatic fashion. And so you have a narrowing of the base. And so the question is, and what we were trying to accomplish and what uh, the economists were telling us, you've got to broaden the base and then lower the rate and lower the rate uh, significantly so you give a, a sales tax cut rather than a sales tax increase. So we kind of came to some different forks in the road and it went a little different direction than what I had envisioned in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that we attempted to do something is a good thing. And and the fact that the public said, you know what, we don't like, we appreciate your attempt, but we don't like what your result is. Uh, is another part of the checks and balance we have in this great system. So the people involved are engaged. That's good news. The legislature trying to do the tough thing. That's good. Uh, we'll regroup and we'll start over again. And I think we'll get into a better place over the next couple of years. Okay. Before we take calls, Governor, um, they won't be taking up tax reform is in this sec- in this session. Um, what do you hope, as your last session, that lawmakers can accomplish? What do you hope your legacy will be? Well, my pr- I don't even talk about legacy. I don't know what that even means. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure that we are better tomorrow than we are today and okay. today better than we were yesterday. And, and we pretty well have accomplished that, I think. But my number one budget priority has always been education. Uh, you know, I came into office. We spent $2.6 billion, which is a lot of money on education. But now we're going to be spending it with the adopt my budget proposal this time. Uh, we'll be spending four point nine billion, a two point three billion dollar increase in public education funding. We've done a lot of good things in public education. We've gone from the middle of the pack to we're in the top ten now in our NAEP scores. That's comparing us with our states in math and reading, language arts. Number one in science, by the way. We're tied for number one in ACT test scores, where states require all their students to take this, the ACT test. Not everybody does that. Some just have the elites take it. But we're, where we have everybody, because we want everybody to go on to college and higher education, post-high school education, we're number one. We are, we're at the top of the list when it comes to those 
participating in advanced placement courses. Our graduation rates have increased uh, about 11.5% from when I came into office. Our minority scores are up. I mean, in virtually every measurable way in education, we've improved dramatically. That needs to continue. We're not at the promised land yet, but we are on the right road going in the right direction. So I expect at least a big part of our budget discussion uh, in this legislative session is going to be that very thing. We also need to deal with our infrastructure. We, over the last decade, have become the fastest-growing state population-wise in America. And uh, that creates a significant challenge. We've, we've worked on that for a long time. We had the largest grassroots efforts in what's called Your Utah, Your Future to see where the public wants to go with transportation, environmental issues, economic development, education, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so we are following the, the recommendations of the public on the, the 60,000 people, largest in American history, by the way, grassroots involvement and, and survey. So we have plans and, and direction of what to do and what to, uh, what to accomplish. But uh, infrastructure, water security, all those things that are part of our infrastructure are going to be addressed. Health and human services, how do you address uh, rising costs of health care around the country? We're the lowest cost, by the way, in Utah of any place in America, which is good for us. But how do we, in fact, make sure that people don't fall through the cracks, uh, the safety net issues that Ronald Reagan talked about? Again, we're lifting more people out of poverty in this state than any state in America today. Personal incomes are growing. There's opportunities to have fact to, to not only give people a fish, but to teach them to fish, which is a good uh, place that we're at as, as Utahns. Uh, we're leading in so many different categories. It's almost like, well, what's our next number one? What's our next accolade that we're receiving? And I, I hope we don't take it for granted. It's not just happenstance. It's not just serendipity. It's by design. It's a, re, it's a reflection of the great people that we have here in Utah and the private sector doing a lot of the heavy lifting and good work and electing good people that reflect their principles and their values. So a lot of accolades go around to the people of Utah, and uh, we have challenges in the, in the, in the future. Uh, but just like we've done the last 10 years, we'll continue to, to improve in, uh, over the next decade. Let's take a break. The number 801-575-8255. If you would like to speak to the governor, that is KSL Talk. You can also text us your questions at 5750. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Zero. 
Many of us have acquired a lot of credit card debt during the holiday season, often with very high interest rates of 20 to 29%. With interest rates that high, how does anyone ever pay this debt off? The good news is you can get rid of your credit card debt and other debts by refinancing your mortgage by calling Rick at 801-809-SAVE or click loansbyrick.com. Rick has great technology and is closing the majority of mortgage loans in 12 to 22 days, paying off credit card debt at high interest rates of 20 to 29% for new interest rates of 40 5%, the savings can become huge. You can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars a month. Give Rick a call, 801-809-SAVE, or click loansbyrick.com and let Rick get the process started for you. Car payments, hospital bills, collections, any debt can be included. Call Rick, 801-809-SAVE, or click loansbyrick.com. That's loansbyrick.com. Simple, fast, professional. Vintage Lending, NMLS 287-106, and Rick Kirschenbaum, NMLS 241-179, Equal Housing Lender, some restrictions apply. Last year, I had Pro painters come and breathe life into my house. They took a paint job that was old and cracking, and it freshened up our entire home. So cross the first project off your 2020 to-do list early. Paint your home now. Pro painters uses high-quality products with zero or low VOCs. That means your paint job will dry faster and more evenly in winter's less humid conditions. Get your painting project completed quickly before our painting schedule fills up. Your painting estimate is free. The value it will add to your home is priceless. I love these guys because they're right here in our community because each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Get that free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters. We do painting. You do life. Guys, an important announcement from Universal Men's Clinic and Dr. Arakaki. This is Dr. Arakaki. If you are suffering from ED or low T, we are making you this guarantee. We will improve the medical condition of your ED or low T, or we will give you your money back. For nearly a decade, we have had a high patient success rate and are confident that we can help you too. If you would like to regain intimacy in your relationship or treat your low T symptoms like low energy, weight gain, and poor sleep, Universal Men's Clinic is here to help. We specialize in treating these common male issues using customized treatment programs for your individual needs. That's why we have such a high success rate, especially compared to online pills and supplements that often don't work. You can be confident in making Universal Men's Clinic your first option. We guarantee it. If we cannot medically improve your ED or low T, we will give you your money back. To learn more about our guarantee, call 801-263-7777. That's 801-263-7777. Or visit universalguarantee.com. What's your question for Governor Herbert? Call 801-575-8255. This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. Thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. Again, the number 801-575-8255, or you can text us your questions at 57500. Let's take our first caller. Uh, good afternoon, James. James, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead with your question, James. Yeah, I'm glad you pressed the James button and all that. So anyhow, <laughs> good afternoon to you both, and especially you, Governor. Thank anyhow, you. Anyhow, my question is, I'm very supportive of the Inland Port. I want to say that from the get-go. I'm a supporter, but I've been reading in the newspaper and other sources where it seems like some people want to drudge up the same old, well, 
um, complaints, for lack of a better word. They're, they're worried about uh, bad air quality due to more trucks and also maybe affecting migratory birds around the airport. Do you think that subject is closed, or do you think these people are going to rehash it? And, well, I, th- uh, I think the, the discussion's ongoing, James, and people are concerned about the environment, and uh, as am I, and I think most Utahns are. That's why in my budget I've proposed $100 million, in fact, to deal with air quality issues, uh, whether that's increased mass transit. We're at that point in time when it's we have the, I think, the critical mass necessary to make mass transit work, whether it be light rail, heavy rail, buses, rapid transit, carpooling, um, and also to help expand our electric car network so people can actually buy electric cars and know that they can get from point A to point B and have places, uh, multiple places, where they can plug in and recharge. So it's a concern. Environmental issues and air quality is a concern. We've done a great job in Utah as far as reducing pollution. When I came in, we had about 18 uh, days that we had gunky air on inversions. Uh, Last year we had eight. I expect we'll have even less than that this year. We're meeting all the standards necessary, and with the advent of Tier 3 fuels, it's going to get even better. It's like taking four out of every five cars off the road. So the fact we've got cooperation with our refineries, not that they're legally mandated to do it, but they're doing it voluntarily, is a big step in the right direction. That brings us to the import and the concern of creating increased pollution. Everybody needs to understand that that northwest quadrant is private land, always scheduled for commercial development, uh, and it would have developed one way or the other uh, as market forces would have come to bear. There's no way you can stop that from occurring unless you, as government, condemn the property for whatever the purpose would be and pay the people for their land. I don't think anybody wants to do that. Uh, and there's also been on the master plan of Salt Lake City for a number of years, not only is it commercial development in the northwest quadrant, but an inland port as part of their master plan too. So that being said, I think we can actually, with an inland port, reduce pollution out there. I think that's the intent of the board, as I've met with different members of the uh, board out there. I know that's the desire of the mayor, uh, new mayor Mendenhall, and the city council, and uh, certainly the director who's come to this uh, from another part of our country with experience. Uh, he wants to make sure that we have the, a green port. And so I think uh, the desire and the effort is going to be there to find a way to make sure that inland port does not create any more pollution. In fact, would create less pollution than if that area is just developed organically. So I think we're in a good place. I think the spirit of cooperation between the state and and Salt Lake City, for example, is going to have renewed opportunity to come together. I certainly know that's my desire. I believe that's the mayor's desire. And I think we'll have a clean port, one that people will be proud of for years to come. Okay, Governor, our first texter asking, so what happened to Prop 2? The marijuana, medical marijuana, is that the I believe Prop that's two? Prop 2, yes. Um, nothing. It, I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's been implemented as law, and people are following the law. We have, I think, 13 or 14 people have been commissioned to grow and uh, doing their uh, growing of the marijuana. I think the dispensaries will be open and probably medical marijuana will be able to be purchased uh, effectively March 1st. So it's right around the corner. And uh, so as per the law that's implemented, the medical marijuana will be available to those who, who need it. 
All right. Our next caller is Lynn from Provo. Good afternoon, Lynn. Uh, thank you for your great service to the state of Utah, Governor. It's thank nice you. to have you on. It seems to me we want a very broad base of taxpayers uh, participating in the, the taxing system. And a food tax is one of the very broadest ways to get to the maximum number of people involved. Uh, and yet it seems to have been disproportionately uh, reflected in the, you know, as being negative in this latest petitioning. Have we caused a problem here by having the petition leaders position themselves in front of Harmon grocery stores? Obviously, Bob Harmon is uh, against the food tax, I would think. And have we not allowed him to amplify his voice by literally tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand? Well, that's that's part of the process. So I don't fault Harmon's Bob or his family members, brother. Uh, I mean, it, it is the process, and we have people that want to weigh in. They may have disproportionate impact with their voices. That happens with a lot of different groups out there as they come together. So that's part of the process. I know the thinking was with the legislature was that why don't we have a targeted approach? Uh, everybody knew that the food tax was uh, putting the increasing the rate, which is what we're doing. We're not putting it back. It's already as a tax. But increasing the rate on food tax like it is on any other product uh, was not going to be popular. But the hope was that by targeting the, the lower income people and giving them credits, not only giving them resources to help offset and then some, uh, the cost of food tax, also giving them you know help for training. If you have a lower income job, that you can get a better job. Uh, the increased money that was going to come from the from the uh, food tax was going to all be redirected down to lower income people. So the 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 difference was just to put a number on it. What the mathematics said was that you're getting about forty million dollars if you're low income right now by not paying the food tax. Uh, and you would get 135 million with new resources under this new tax program. It made sense to the legislature. I thought it was a good idea too, uh, because if you care about the poor, they were going to come out better. Those over $75,000 a year annual income would have to pay the tax, and that, that additional revenue would go back to those low income. But it, it, it certainly was not embraced by the public, at least in this referendum effort. And so rather than fight over it for the next 10 months, you know, and have a very divisive, I think, issue that's very emotional, it was probably better, more wisdom to, to start over. But that's the process, and, and I think the process has worked well. So nobody needs to feel badly. Uh, we should say, okay, let's regroup. Let's see what we outcome we're looking for. And let's make sure the process is open and, and inclusive and see if we can't come up with a better plan that most people can embrace. Len, thank you for your call today. The number to call, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. We'll be back following the news. 1230 at Utah's news station. I'm Nick Wyatt with KSL's top local story this half hour. A woman was seriously injured when she was hit by a car in Park City this morning. Police say she was crossing Park Avenue near Homestake Road. UHP Lieutenant Randall Ritchie says Park City is far busier right now because of Sundance. It's extremely busy up here. There are a ton of pedestrians everywhere, so you always have to watch um, for pedestrians. And there's sometimes there's snow blocking different paths, and they may come out where you're not expecting them. Lieutenant Ritchie says the victim was doing everything right. She was crossing in a crosswalk with the lights flashing, but the SUV came through and hit her. 
The driver did stay on the scene and is cooperating with police. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg will be in Salt Lake City next week. He'll be speaking at the Silicon Slopes Tech Summit next Thursday and Friday. The summit will bring together tech and business companies at the Salt Palace. In our top national story this half hour from ABC News, a passenger flying into LAX from Mexico is now being tested for that mysterious coronavirus. ABC's Alex Stone. It's known that the novel coronavirus started in animals and is now spreading human to human. There is an active theory now among researchers that the virus was transmitted to humans from snakes for sale in a market in Wuhan, China. It's right now only a theory, but it's believed the origin was a bat that may have passed it to snakes where the virus can live and replicate, and then it moved to humans. Researchers say DNA testing needs to be done on snakes in the markets. L.A. County public officials say it's likely the area will see at least one patient with the vast number of people traveling between China and the L.A. area. Mixed market right now. The Dow is down 19 points. The S&P 500 is up one. The Nasdaq is up about 15. Coming up on KSL News Radio, perhaps a little more snow in the next 24 hours. We'll check your forecast next. KSL News Time is 12:32. Do you want to know the fastest and safest way that you could increase your wealth? It's by reducing your taxes. And taking some preventative steps now could help you save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in retirement. Learn how much money you could save with a free retirement tax analysis. From Boss Retirement Solutions in Salt Lake, winner of Utah's Best of State Award for Retirement Planning. If you've saved more than $200,000, be one of the first 10 callers to get your free analysis now at 801-682-4448. Reducing your taxes could be the fastest and safest way to increase your retirement savings. Call 801-682-4448. That's 801-682-4448. Boss Retirement Solutions and its representatives are not licensed tax professionals. This material has been presented for informational purposes only. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Real travel is life-changing. With Trafalgar, you'll discover the best way to travel and connect with the culture, people, and places you visit. You'll travel with the freedom to discover and the confidence to explore. With over 300 trips on all seven continents, you get real experiences that you won't find elsewhere. These are just a few of the greatest travel stories you'll ever tell. Save up to 7.5% on trips. Terms and conditions apply. Visit your travel agent or Trafalgar.com. Trafalgar, simply the best. Hi, Saver. Walgreens here. We like the way you save. Take coffee. You know it doesn't have to cost $4 a cup, so you make your own. 
and co-pays on Medicare Part D. You save up to $5 and get 100 balance rewards points on each prescription when Walgreens is your preferred pharmacy. Save smartly on Med D. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Copay savings on Tier 1 generic drugs available through select plans that include Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. Points cannot be earned in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Complete details at walgreens.com slash balance. Traffic and weather together brought to you by Retirement Planning from Mountain America Investment Services. We have Ricky Meese standing by in the KSL Traffic Center. It's a really nice drive on the Valley Freeways. We have a crash reported in West Valley, southbound Mountain View Corridor, 6200 South, and a crash in West Jordan. Possible injuries here, 7800 South, 4800 West. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. Weather for the Wasatch Front, light drizzles possible this afternoon, high of 46 degrees, cloudy tonight with a low of 32. We have a small chance of snow tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, rain in the afternoon, more rain and snow in the afternoon and evening. Mostly cloudy weekend ahead. Currently broken clouds and 45 degrees at KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. This is Utah's news station. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. Thank you for take if thank you for listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor. We are taking your calls at 801-575-8255 or your text questions at 57500. We have a lot of people listening right now, Governor. Let's go to Dwayne though in Salt Lake City. Uh, Dwayne, what can we help you with this morning? Yes. Hello, Governor. Hey, um, my question is concerning the uh, homeless shelter on 33rd and 10th West. We've had some serious accidents in that area in the past few months. And now that I see uh, that we're going to go in and upgrade the stoplights and upgrade the traffic lights and understand we're going to put in a uh, pedestrian crosswalk at 10th West and move the glass enclosure UTA bus uh, stop closer, I'm just asking, how much more tax money are we going to keep doing? And and why can't we have these people walk 1,500 feet uh, to either end and actually use the uh, traffic light at 9th West and 12th West? Well, uh, you know, it seems like that our costs for transportation infrastructure, they're always going up and they never end. Uh, Part of that's because we're such a fast-growing state, and so our transportation issues are great and varied. That was part of the reason for tax reform. Uh, Your specific issue at 3300 South I'm not as familiar with. We can certainly put you in touch with UDOT. Uh, If you want to call my office, anybody out there that has any issues, talk to our constituent service office by calling 538-1000, area code 801-538-1000. We can put you in touch with people that would know more of the detail. That being said, the homeless issue is something that we've taken on as a tough issue. The state's engaged in this. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Cox has been at the forefront in trying to bring the county, the city, and the state together, uh, working with the Rio Grande cleanup, uh, the resource centers that we've got out there providing opportunities to get people off the street and put them in a safe environment. It's not just a matter of warehousing people either. It's a matter of if you've got a mental health problem, we want to give you treatment. Uh, If you have a substance abuse problem, an addiction, we want to give you treatment to help you become better and get you back as a productive member of society. The resource centers are doing very well. Uh, They're much better than what we've had in the past, and that's why people are going there. But I want to assure everybody out there that nobody's going to be turned away. There's always going to be a warm place for them to go in the dead of winter if they're looking for a place to stay. 
So that being said, we want people to be safe, and, and uh, there's always concerns about being close to a busy road or freeway like we see at 3300 South. And even though it's a short distance, uh, we want to make sure that people can uh, cross the roads and get to their destination safely. Governor, we have at least two people texting questions about whether you're going to endorse somebody for governor, uh, saying that uh, you have ties to both Spencer Cox and John Huntsman Jr. So are you going to formally endorse anyone? Well, and they're both good friends of mine, and I've learned a lot from uh, former Governor Huntsman, and I've appreciated the fact that uh, I was able to be his lieutenant governor. Uh, Best job there is in training to become the next governor. And, of course, uh, with uh, Spencer Cox, he has been in training now for six years. And he comes from local government, a significant background. He's an attorney, uh, understands rural Utah, and uh, has certainly earned the right to run for the highest office in our state and certainly has shown his capabilities, and I think he has the right demeanor. So there's good people running, um, and... uh, the people have to choose. Uh, I've encouraged way before anybody else decided to get into the race for Spencer to run because uh, I, I do think he's paid his dues and he's qualified and he's current. Uh, and I've given him some money to help him in that quest. Whether we've done a formal endorsement, I don't think I've done that for anybody. But uh, uh, the people have to decide what the, who they think is the best qualified and who would be the right person at the right this right time and it's going to be a horse race. There's going to be a, a lot of qualified candidates. Yeah, for the we've job. got good people, and that's good news for Utah. It's nice to have good people step it's going up. To be a good campaign. They choose me, and they'll all have their strengths and all have their weaknesses, and they'll go out there and try to convince people that they're the one. So I wish them all best of luck, and uh, I know my lieutenant governor will acquit himself very well. All right, let's take a call from Stuart in Orem. Uh, good, good afternoon, Stuart. Stuart, are you there? Yep, I'm here. How are you guys doing? Good, Very thanks. well. What is your question today? Well, it just seems like you everywhere on social media is talking about this whole condom uh, fiasco, and I just wanted to hear it straight from the governor. Uh, why did you squash that uh, initiative by the health department? Well, let me tell you that we certainly take seriously the uh, campaign for heightened awareness on HIV, AIDS, and we want to make sure that people, in fact, are, find ways to protect themselves and to participate in safe sex and all those things that go along with this campaign. But there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Uh, one, this did not go through the proper process to, in fact, give the go-ahead, the thumbs-up on this is the campaign we would want to embrace. Uh, when I found out about it, as I looked at the uh, uh, the packaging, you know, the, the sexual innuendo, the double entendre, the mocking of, uh, of Utah, and, and uh, kind of the joking of a very serious issue. I just didn't think that was what government uh, should not be the government's approach. Uh, again, if it was a novelty store or somebody in the private sector, maybe they think they can get a chuckle out of this. We see people now collecting. They're not using them. They're collecting them to show and chuckle and, and laugh. I understand that aspect of it, but that's not where government should be. Government should not be putting out something as a campaign that many people find offensive. That doesn't show any, there's no data that we've seen at least that shows this will make it more effective and uh, as far as the prevention of the spread of HIV. So it wasn't vetted properly. Uh, We're going to review that to see why that uh, happened and why it did not happen properly. But uh, again, government ought to take this seriously 
all of us ought to be offended at some of the packaging that's been said there uh, on the package, particularly when they talk about S-L-U-T, which spells slut. I think that's the intent. Uh, in the age of Me Too and, and respect for the, uh, particularly the gender issues and, and women, and we put that on a package, it was just not right. And so I stopped it, and and uh, I think that was the right thing for the government to do, and, and this was a wrong way to, to increase awareness. been a lot of talk about it, and some say we've increased awareness even more. But um, this is more of a joke shop approach than a, a serious effort by government. Stuart, thank you for your call today. Our next texter is asking, uh, with the information age, would building fewer buildings help the budget? Uh Building fewer buildings help the budget? Uh, sure. Uh, but we may not be able to function. And so I think our intent really is to take advantage of opportunities in the marketplace. Existing buildings we're going to expand into other areas. And, uh, you know, our, we've been really, this administration has been very cognizant of efficiency in government and respect the taxpayers' dollars. As I mentioned earlier, we have the lowest tax obligation that we've had in 27 years in Utah. So we've been able to grow the economy and pay the bills by an expanding, growing economy. That's easier. And yet households and individuals are paying less of their hard-earned money in taxes. Uh, It ought not to be lost on anybody that we have fewer state employees today than we did back in 2002. Uh, That's remarkable efficiency because in that same period of time, we've had nearly 900,000 new people that call Utah home. So we're providing more services, to better services to more people and and costing proportionally less money for the taxpayer. Our ratio have gone from one state employee to 119 employees to now it's one in 155. Uh, we need to continue that, by the way, and we've set a new goal of 25% more efficiency over the next four years. How we use utilize our buildings is a big part of that efficiency. Uh, if you go to other parts of the country, you'll find office buildings where state government's there with a lot of open space inside the building. We don't have much open space in our buildings. We put more people. More, they're more densely populated. And so uh, we need new buildings on occasion, uh, but we ought to, in fact, improve the efficiency of our existing buildings, which is part of our a success program, we call it. That's the name of it, to find efficiency and the utilization of our real estate. So... Uh, we're looking at all aspects of that. We're, we're also now being a little bit uh, uh, critical of what we're doing with some of our education buildings to make sure that we're not building beyond what we need to have functional educational experience. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to have the quote Taj Mahal, unquote type of building construction in our schools. So, I think we're looking at all those ways to save money and be more efficient in use of the taxpayers' dollars. The number to call with your question, 801-575-8255, or you can text us at 57500. We'll be right back. So are you the type of guy that wants to look put together but doesn't want to spend hours shopping? I hear you. This is why there's Stitch Fix, your personal styling service that delivers hand-picked clothes right to you. Stitch Fix is simple and convenient. Sign up in just a few minutes. Try new styles in the comfort of your own home, and there's no subscription required ever. So, isn't it time to refresh your look? Get started today at stitchfix.com. Stitch Fix, personal styling for everybody. 
Wouldn't it be nice if you needed to get an MRI, you could do it without an appointment? And wouldn't it be nice if you could learn the results of your MRI right then and there instead of waiting for your doctor to get back to you because he's waiting on someone else? And wouldn't it be nice if you could do this without an order or referral from your doctor, let alone pre-authorization from your insurance company? Well, you can. They're called TaylorMed MRI. At TaylorMed MRI, your appointment is as easy as MRIFast.com. Just get online and schedule it. MRIFast.com. TaylorMed MRI in Linden is incredibly affordable, as low as $399, and you can even use your HSA account. When it comes to your health, get proactive, get involved, and get your MRI and your results the same day. Sometimes just knowing makes all the difference. Don't wait for the pain to go away. Get on it. After all, who cares more about you than you? Schedule your Taylor. TaylorMed MRI in Linden today at MRIFast.com. MRIFast.com. Hi, I'm Brian Scudamore from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Is it too early to do spring cleaning? We bring the springtime with us, ma'am. Just walk around and point at junk you wish would disappear. Point? Wow. You really do bring the springtime. We leave behind happy places. And happy faces. We work until midnight, seven days a week. And we can be there in 90 minutes. All you have to do is point. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.COM. Richard Whipple, leader of the band. Dad, this year marks 20 years since your passing. The great talks, hiking, fishing, and all that we did together were awesome fun. Except going to work with you in plumbing, which was not fun. When sent to get apart, you taught us to run both ways, to the truck and back, as fast as our legs would carry us. And you must have told us a hundred times to triple check our work. Not once, not twice, but three times. You taught us by example to stand behind our work, to get there fast, to pull the ox out of the mire, to charge a fair price, and to not charge anything to someone truly in need. I learned for sure what I didn't want to be when I grew up, a plumber. But it didn't turn out to be so bad. Your example made you the ultimate Whipple service champion, Richard Whipple. It was hard for your generation to say, I love you, but I know you did. I love you and miss you, Dad. Whipple, they come plumbing troubles all gone. Dad, your guiding hand will be with us always. What's your question for Governor Herbert? Call 801-575-8255. This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. And thank you for spending your noon hour with us, Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert, taking your calls at 801-575-8255. Let's take a call now from Mike in Tremonton. Good afternoon, Mike. Good morning to both of you, or afternoon, I guess it is. Uh, Governor, my question is about our fossil fuel tax. Uh, I'm a truck driver. I live up in Tremonton, but I commute down to Salt Lake to uh, drive out of Salt Lake. So I, I appreciate a good, clean, safe road, and I'm appreciate the improvements and the upkeep that uh, requires the, the fossil fuel tax to, uh, to keep that up. But I also see a lot of uh, alternate fuel vehicles out there, uh, electric that oh, talking about and doing breaking up. and considering how, uh, am I breaking up? I'm yes, yeah. you are. You're okay now if you don't move. Did you catch any of my questions? I, I think I did. I, I think, Mike, what I heard you say was that um, you're a truck driver from Tremont. You understand the importance of paying a gas tax so we can have uh, good, productive, clean, safe roads. Uh, and the question is, what about those that have alternative fuel vehicles? Are they not paying or should they pay? And how do we take care of 
our building of capacity and our maintenance of our roads. Uh, their part in, in keeping these roads safe and uh, and improved for all of us. Sure. Well, it is a tough issue because uh, we clearly have shifted uh, the user tax, the gasoline tax, which used to pay for about 70% of the cost of roads, we're down, now down to less than 40%, and that difference is coming out of the general fund. And so that's sucking money, and that helps as uh, part of the problem with the structural imbalance we're talking about. We went nearly 19 years without raising the gasoline tax, which is way too long. Uh, and all of a sudden, now you've got a big gap. And how do you fill the gap? And, uh, and we only filled partially of the gap when they fixed it before. But, uh, you know, it's a little better if we just do it a little bit at a time, over time. Uh, and now we've got alternative fuel vehicles like electric vehicles, uh, hybrids, etc. How do you, in fact, extract the appropriate revenue to pay for the roads that they're using if they don't pay a gasoline tax? That's been part of the discussion coming out of UDOT, uh, thinking outside the box. How do we, in fact get that revenue from alternative fuel vehicles. There is, in fact, you can petition the UDOT. There's a fee you can pay when you register, and they will you pay a fee for that, and then they will actually have you monitor as the miles that you travel and, and say, okay, at the end of the year, you've traveled X amount of miles, therefore you owe this much money, which would be comparable but not any more than if you'd been paying the typical gasoline tax. So there's a lot of thoughts out there. How do we do this? How do we transition? There's no really silver bullet out there to make it all, oh, this makes all kinds of sense and perfectly done. But I think you're going to see that uh, discussion enhanced now with tax reform not taking place. How do we, in fact, have the users pay, which most people believe they should do, for their significant impact on the roads? And as we get more people on the roads and capacity needs to be expanded, and then we have to maintain that capacity. So it's going to be probably a combination of uh, registration fees for those uh, higher that uh, don't have a typical gasoline tax, uh, maybe uh, uh, other costs of batteries, uh, maybe a, a way, way to track the miles that you travel and charge you for the miles you travel, um, or it's going to have to be additional monies coming out of the general fund to subsidize. So stay tuned because that's going to be a, a healthy discussion that needs to happen as we transition to this new economy and new products with technology. Next texter is asking, uh, do you have any plans to make Utah more retirement friendly? Well, we see, just can't get away from this tax reform, can mm-hmm. we? Because that was part nope. of the tax reform was, in fact, for those who are on fixed income, Social Security in particular, uh, to take away the tax obligation they had on paying tax on their Social Security so that would be one way to make it more uh, friendly for those who are retirement and have maybe a, a significant retirement income. Uh, there certainly is discussion about under tax reform, should we, in fact, not have their retirement income taxed? This is above and beyond Social Security. We already have a lot of people who want to come here, even in retirement. This is a, a popular place to retire. Some people have left Utah for greener pastures in their professional career want to come back home where their roots are. We also have great uh, venues like, uh, you know, uh, uh, sunny St. George, you know, and uh, down there where the golf courses are in warmer weather, that's growing like topsy down there. And a lot of that is, in fact, retirees. We are attractive for a lot of reasons for people to come here and retire. It's a great quality of life. Uh, Taxes may be a component part of where you choose to retire, but at the end of the day, 
You want to be at a place that you like, where you enjoy the people and the camaraderie that happens there. Uh, we are a younger population, but we're getting older, uh, you know, and people, part of that's because of people coming here to retire. So uh, we're already growing faster than any state in America. The past decade, we've been the fastest growing, not only in in, uh, in economics and economic growth, which are number one. And we're, by the way, I'll just parenthetically tell you, number two, we grew at 37%. Number two is at 26%. So number two isn't even close to us. That's how prosperous we've been economically. We're also, over the last 10 years, have had a population growth that's the number one in the nation. So we're doing pretty well and uh, making it more retirement friendly, certainly a part of what we ought to be talking about with tax reform. Um, But the biggest challenge we face in the state is growth. That's what keeps me awake at night, what we've been working on for the last number of years, is how do we handle the growth pressures from young, old, middle class, uh, rich, poor, I mean, all people want to come to Utah because it's such a great place to live and to raise your families and to do business. So how do we handle that? That's the biggest challenge we face going forward. Let's take a call from Ralph in Delta. Hi, Ralph. What is your question? The governor is, are we as a state issuing driver's license and ID card to illegal aliens? We do not issue driving licenses to illegal aliens, undocumented we do have a driving card, which was passed years ago by the legislature, for identification purposes to make sure that they had insurance. Uh, knowing that they are here, the thinking was, let's make sure that if they happen to have a problem in an accident, that uh, that accident is covered by some kind of insurance. And so no driver's licenses for identification purposes, but a driving card so to make sure that we have them insured. All right. Thank you for your call. Let's take a call from John in Holiday. Hi, John. Hey, Governor. Uh, thanks for taking my call. First of all, thank you for your service. Uh, you've left an, an excellent legacy for Utah. Again, thank you. The question you. I have is, uh, as you pass the torch to the new governor, what are the three main concerns and issues that that individual will be facing? Well, just to continue doing what we're doing is probably a pretty good question itself. We're We're in such a great place. We don't want to slow down. We're on the right road, as I said, going in the right direction. It's as steady as she goes. Let's keep going. Uh, we're the envy of the country. We're the gold standard. We're the island of tranquility and the sea of chaos. We're just doing so very well. That being said, you know, education will continue to be an issue. We need to make sure that we have the skill set in our labor force that lines up with the demands of the marketplace. Alignment is a big deal. And getting post-high school education, whether it be certificates, uh, two-year associate degrees, full-year universities and beyond, that needs to be just an absolute uh, uh, happening with our young people. If you want a good job, get a good education. So education will always be, I think, at the top of the forefront. The the growth pressures, how do we accommodate the growth without having the diminution of our quality of life? Uh, that's a, that's a, a big issue. That's Like I say, that's the one that keeps me awake at night is how do we accommodate that growth? We need to have better collaboration, cooperation with our cities, our counties, and making sure that they are unified in our efforts with the state to accommodate growth pressures as we go forward. And, you know, the issue of the day is tax reform. This issue of uh, structural imbalances, how we extract money in appropriate ways from the population out there and from the marketplace, the the economy, is it fair uh, and it isn't. We, we It's not fair now. Uh, government has picked winners and losers. And so streamlining it, 
uh, broadening it out, flattening it out, making it more fair and equitable is an inter- ongoing quest. But that's uh, an issue that we're kicking the can down the road a little bit here now, appropriately so, by the way. But that's going to be a big issue. So those are my my top three. Uh, you're headed into your last legislative session. Uh, what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned over the past legislative sessions? Uh, probably a lot of different lessons that I've learned. Uh, I have a renewed appreciation for people who run for office. You know, it's not easy. And, uh, you know, you, you you got half the people angry at you 100% of the time. And so for those people who run for office, our legislators, our local government officials, et cetera, that say, pick me, is a, a, an honorable decision to make and, and takes a lot of courage. And, and uh, so we, we need to encourage people to, in fact, get into the profession of politics. And we need good men and women to run. So I've learned that probably in spades. Also, I've learned how to listen and uh, explore. I have, I've said my philosophy of life, I'm a right-of-center conservative, and I'm proud of that. I think that's the place to be. Uh, but I'm moderate in tone, and I'm inclusive in process. I think you get more things done that way, and getting things done is really what governors need to do. All right, Governor, we are out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you again next month. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. And you've been listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor on KSL News Radio. KSL F- I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.